your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast you can listen to at home, pick it up, take it outside and listen to with your really attractive friends Sponsored by Theresa May's Brexit plans, deciding whether we get fucked with a soft dick or a hard one. <laughs> well, <laughs> politics. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> uh, we are here for games episode. Oh crap! Should I research oh, that? Shouldn't I? Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, dear maybe oh, I'll dear. tell you in the middle of the episode what episode this is. But it's games and it's top fives, which is why I haven't got the episode number because it's kind of a special episode. 19. Episode nineteen. 19, sweet. Episode 19, games, and we are doing our top fives. I'm here with David Peeling. Hello there. And James Flux. Ahoy, hoy. Alex Wayne's missing in action. He said he had better things to do. Which I, <laughs> I doubt. But I bet he sat on the toilet doing one of his top five poos. <laughs> oh, that's unpleasant. <laughs> But an actual thing. Um, yeah, so how is everyone? I'm, yeah, good. I'm certainly very well. Good, good. good. Had to go back to work, of course. Not, <laughs> yeah, Chris, not Christmas anymore. <laughs> yeah, so it's always the worst, isn't it? Yep. That Sunday before, well, it was the Monday before we went back. Because uh, for once in my life, I got to have a bank holiday. When Ooh. I used to work in care, I never had bank holidays, so it's quite nice. Very nice. <laughs> Yeah, enjoyed it, except for it, I just felt crap throughout it because I was like, got to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> I love listening to teachers say they've got to go to school or go to school. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you retard, you're 29 years old. <laughs> anyway, that's Got to learn stuff. Um, before we start, I thought we could do a quick, um, what do we think? Do we think it's been a, how do, do we think it's been a good year for games or average in our terms, in our sort of gaming lives, where would we put a uh, 2016? Dave, what do you reckon? Well, I, I, I felt like it was good at the time, and I've kind of I've been compiling, trying to put together this list. Compiling is a bit much. I've just named five games, but um, <laughs> trying to come up with this list of five games. And looking back, and um, it was slightly weaker than I thought it was at the time. I think there are there are enough good games for me, but I don't think um, I don't know about it being. You know, a plethora of fantastic games or anything. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, I've not yeah, been, di- I've not been disappointed. I, I don't know that it's going to stand. I don't think in ten years' time we're going to go back and go, "Oh, that 2016 was an excellent year for video games." Mm. That's what. Yeah, I, I agree. Although there's a there's a few games I wish I'd played, and yeah. my list isn't just of 2016 games. As usual, I'm going to do the games I played in 2016 because I I played quite a lot of old stuff and things like that. Although four of them are from 2016, which shows it's been a pretty good year. <laughs> but yeah, there's been so many I haven't. Like, I re- really wish I'd played Doom because I've heard so many great things. So I'm going to yeah. play that. I wish I'd played um, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which t- I suppose isn't a 2016 game, but it was on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of why my list is not just of the year because I find in games it's very confusing because they come out at different times on different things. And sure. It's, yeah, it's not as. Clear cut as like a 2016 film or album or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's been pretty good. Yeah. But I think a lot of the stuff that's been good has been sort of polishing up, polishing of stuff that's already been. There's not been that much revolutionary stuff. 
No. Maybe. Maybe that's what's... But yeah, there's been a lot of good stuff. But yeah, I don't know if it's been one of my favourite years. Probably not because um, it's been a year where there has been basically fuck all Nintendo stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So this will be one of those few lists where there's not much Nintendo games on, which uh, will probably change this year with a Switch, which I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. Flux, what do you reckon? Did you play Doom, by the way? Because it seems like your kind of game that you might have played. Yeah, I did. Um, oh, actually, did you actually review it, it for point? the podcast? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I thought you did. Yeah, um, and and I enjoyed it. Um, in terms of um, this year, I sort of went the opposite way of Dave. I agree with both of you that it's overall. I think it's a probably a, a solid year, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be. It's not groundbreaking by any stretch. But when I went to look at what my top five were. I thought, oh, I'm going to really struggle here. I'm not sure that many great games came out this year that I've played and can talk about. And then as I went through, I was like, oh, was that 2016? Oh, oh yeah, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, oh, that came out in 2016 as well. Oh. <laughs> and so there were loads of games that came out that I didn't... 2016 felt like much longer in retrospect than I think I, know what, I no, gave like credit that, for. Yeah. And there were the loads games, I played games in that came out like, in, really yeah, in March and April time <laughs> that I yeah. was certain would have been 2015 games. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Let's get it on. Let's get the list on with it. Let's start with um, Flux. Do you want to give us your number five of 2016? You're, you're both doing games in 2016, right? Oh, I am, yes. Just making so that assumption. Game, game, yeah. game. I'll explain when I get to me. Cool. <laughs> right, Flux, off you go. <laughs> uh, so my, my number five, this was a close call between a couple of games that came out in November this year that I'm currently playing through, um, both of which I'm enjoying. Um, but I gave the edge to Watch Dogs 2, um, developed and published oh. by Ubisoft and again released in November this year. Um, like I say, it was a tough call between two, Battlefield 1 being the other game. Um, but I gave this the edge essentially due to the kind of variety of content. Battlefield 1 is a good first-person shooter, and like I say, I'm enjoying it, and it nearly made this this spot. But ultimately, it's a first-person shooter through and through. There's not the mm-hmm. variety that there is in Watch Dogs 2, so I, I gave Watch Dogs the edge. Um, I'm nowhere near completion of this, so I'm not going to give it a, a sort of full review by any stretch. Um, but my first impression was good enough for it to be number five on this list, so rest assured I'm definitely enjoying it. I like the tongue-in-cheek style, the gameplay on it solid, the visuals are nothing spectacular but absolutely, absolutely fine. Um, the way they've interacted multiplayer on this one is much more seamless than in Watch Dogs 1. In Watch Dogs 1 I found it much more jarring, whereas in this they've done a much better job this time round of, of bringing that in. Um, yeah, really enjoying it. My number five for this year. Uh, watch this space for a review in 2017. Ah, sweet. Yes, when you finish it, I suppose. I've heard loads of good things about this. Um, this is definitely one I want to play this year when I see like a deal on it or something. Because apparently it's not that long, <laughs> even though it's kind of open world. And yeah, I just like the idea of the, the story and the characters and the vibe seems to be uh, really good, which is surprising considering I had very pretty much no interest in Watch Dogs 1 at all and didn't hear very good things about it but this one seems to be getting a buzz alright uh, Dave was that a buzz? <laughs> was that <laughs> it was coincidentally a buzz from somewhere else a literal buzz <laughs> <laughs> who, who was that a <laughs> excellent uh, right Dave we'll go on to your number 5 cool right so um, 
my list is um, going to be games that came out for the first time in on any format in 2016 that I played in 2016. So the one that's okay, the sure. one one that may have made the list or may not that's going to be missing for that very reason is Rise of the Tomb Raider straight away, um, as that came out originally in 2015 for um, for Xbox. Did it come um, out 2015 on PC as well, or was it? I think it might have been early this year. I can't remember. I'm not sure about PC. Yeah. So, um, and it, and obviously it's got to be games that I've played. So I had a look through games that have come out, and there are a whole bunch, particularly that came out in the last quarter of 2016, that I will absolutely get to and I want to and look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just haven't got round to yet. So Watch Dogs 2 I am playing at the moment, but I am nowhere near in it enough to... Um, to have an, a, an opinion worth mentioning on a podcast. That is assuming that any of my opinions are worth putting on a podcast. Um, so, <laughs> number five this year, I'm going to go with the game that, for me, um, defined 2016 almost in video gaming, and that's Pokemon Go. So, Pokemon Go yeah. we uh, came out in the summer of 2016, Um to great fanfare um, was released if you recall in uh, I believe in the USA first and then as it um, kind of it made its way around the world um, getting a lot of making a lot of people very um, <coughs> getting very souped up for it and um, it it dropped uh, dropped in the summer of 2016 in the UK and um, at first I absolutely loved this game it was um, a really fascinating our um, way of thinking about augmented reality gaming, um, getting people out of the house, going walking, getting steps, um, and getting some fresh air, seeing people around the town doing the same thing as you. That was all. That was very cool. Uh, working out who was playing the game. The game for me also brought a lot of uh, kind of memories back and let me reminisce about when I was into Pokemon the first time back when I was you know, 10 or 11, something like that at the start of secondary school and collecting cards and watching the, um, and watching the show. And as I say, it, it gained such widespread attention um, that it, it was probably the, um, the only game this year that really made, well, made the news uh, people who never played games before were talking about it, had seen it, had heard about it. People that I knew that weren't into computer games were downloading this so they could play it and reminisce themselves about their childhoods. Walking down the um, the bankside at, uh, on the Thames, we're looking at hundreds and hundreds of people on my lunch hour um, trying to catch water Pokemon and things like that. It was incredibly cool it was something of a movement and a revolution in the way that gaming works and brought a lot of people together and it was it was great for that however it's fundamentally not a great uh game or certainly wasn't for uh, for a long time lots of glitches the servers were not up to scratch at all which is i i'm not blaming niantic for that because they had no idea that it was going to be as big as it was but it mm-hmm. ruined the experience for a lot of people um, the game lacked a certain, um, the fighting mechanic was always lacking at the start for, for my money um, being far too different and not in a good way from the um, the fighting mechanics in the conventional Pokemon games and as uh, as the dark, well maybe even before the autumn rolled round 
um, and the weather got cold and people didn't want to go back outside. The game had already lost millions and millions of users. However, that 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 peak though that month when it was absolutely at its the peak of its powers, it was a, a spectacular offering that really um, that changed the way a lot of people viewed video games. And I don't know that a game has to be good. Uh, can only be good if you play it for a long, long time, or you go back and replay it, or so on. So that it entertained me for those few weeks for a, for a free to play game, um, yeah. is is um, is worthy of a mention on this list. So um, Pokemon Go is my number five. Uh-huh. This is one I'm, I haven't I hadn't really considered this actually because I compile. I'm a bit a bit of a geek. I compile whenever I play a game, I put it on a list and give it a score. Um, so that at the end of the year, I've got a, a bit of a list. And this wasn't on that list. Um, just because I guess I thought I didn't think of it as a game. It was more of a experience. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it is clearly a game. <laughs> and yeah, I pretty much agree with you. It's like so. If I had considered, I don't know if it would have made it or not. But it certainly was one of the more. The top five gaming experiences definitely for me yeah. because yeah it was just so cool seeing other people and for me as someone who loves pokemon it was so excited exciting to see other people into it <laughs> yeah for sure I, I didn't i didn't get the feeling of like oh my god you know you've diluted my <laughs> my poke, pokemon no, experience unlike, or whatever because everyone loves it but yeah. i was like yeah this is awesome <laughs> it was very uh, cool uh, it was almost like how that how a january in a gym should be <laughs> where you know with 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 the people who usually play not you're not you know bemoaning everyone who's giving it a go because and it wasn't like that at all there were lots of people were embracing this and i, it, no, I think exactly. it gave an awful lot of people who ordinarily would consider video gaming to be a bit of a niche uh geeky type thing in the first place gave them a bit of an insight yeah. into how much uh, video games have maybe moved along whilst they've not been paying attention mm-hmm. um, and that's interesting that was interesting definitely so yeah a really cool thing that happened and I'm um, yeah I'll definitely I'm definitely keeping tabs on it and I do still play it now and again trying to catch because they keep adding new Pokemon I started adding some of the second generation so I'll be intrigued once they add a few more of those I'll probably jump back in and see whether they've sorted uh, some of the <laughs> issues out my main issue is still the fact that you can't uh, hatch your eggs while your phone's not on. <laughs> that yeah. still annoys me because it drains the battery. And I, I think I'd do that a lot if I could do it. Because if I could just turn it on and not have my screen on, like on the bus or whatever, uh, and then hatch my eggs when I'm walking to school, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I'd still be doing that now, pretty certainly. But yeah, because it doesn't involve having to look at your phone, which is kind of what I like about it. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully they'll sort that at some point, and they've had a year, but <laughs> but yeah, certainly some issues with the gameplay, but a really really cool thing that happened, like kind of came out of um, yeah. I remember it, I always heard about it was coming Pokemon Go, and then but I just didn't really think about it, and then when it came, it was just like bam, <laughs> and I was just like Jesus, I never thought it was going to be this big. I thought it was going to be a thing that some people, Pokemon fans, were like playing and talking about, but like not everyone else would suddenly get into it. So pretty awesome. But um, yeah, it's been a pretty heavy Pokemon year for me. With that, um, I got into the Pokemon card game, which I played. I think I reviewed the like Pokemon trading card game online on one of the episodes, which is a really good um, sort of conversion of the card game onto... It, you can play it on your tablets or whatever. Yeah. That's really good. But my number five is Pokemon Sun and Moon Ooh, <laughs> on, the three, on the 3DS. 
which, um, yeah, I haven't been this excited to play a Pokemon game since Pokemon Red many, many years ago, and I've played probably three or four since. Uh, XY thingy, <laughs> Alpha Ruby Sapphire, and another one, I know which name I forget, Silver. Um, but yeah, I was super excited for this. I was watching, I don't know whether it was partly because of the Pokemon Go hype, well, I've always been into Pokemon, I've always kept tabs on the news, but it probably increased my excitement for it, and I think it increased sort of the... Uh, level of press that uh, Nintendo and stuff gave it because they knew that more people were going to be interested and it has ended up selling shit tons probably because of <laughs> the Pokemon resurgence but um, yeah I was so excited for it just because I heard you know they were changing quite a few things up like there wasn't going to be gyms anymore and um, the the fact it was set in a sort of Hawaii or it's called Alola but it's based on Hawaii excited me because that's like a tropical environment uh, I like bright colours so I knew there was going to be lots of bright colours <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, I, I love this game. They changed up the gym system, which was getting a little bit stale, I think, and introduced trials, which were all interesting. They had like totem Pokemon that you had to beat at the end rather than a sort of gym leader. Although there was still some gym leaderish battles after the totem Pokemon, but I thought that the trials were really interesting. Sometimes they were literally just hilarious rather than challenging, <laughs> but deliberately so. And I enjoyed that kind of tongue in cheek um, style that the developers gave the game. Um, I really loved a lot of the new Pokemon designs. I think there's some really, really cool ones. The two legendaries look awesome. Uh, there's an owl starter, which is always a winner for me. Obviously picked him. Um, yeah, I think there's some really cool new Pokemon. And there's, yeah, just tons of... I really like the choices they made of the <coughs> older Pokemon to keep uh, including the game as well. I think there's like 300-odd on the island, and they're all really good. And there's Alolan forms of some of the older Pokemon, which I think was a really cool way to... <laughs> refresh some of the original 150 so you've got like a lowland ratata and and some of them have ridiculous designs like a lowland persian just has a mustache and looks a bit like garfield but i love it <laughs> sometimes the stupider the better for me but there's some other really cool ones that they've done put one of my personal favorites is a lowland muck who's basically just muck but really multicolored. <laughs> so he's like the hawaiian version so i love that um I liked the team skull bad guys. So they're the, the bad guy. There's always a bad team that you're kind of fighting. And in this game, it's team skull who are kind of 90s skater dudes who wear everything with skulls and skate around and uh, do lots of rapping. <laughs> um, I like them because they're not. What's annoyed me in some recent Pokemon games is that it's, there's always this story of. Uh, the bad guys are trying to destroy the world and you're the only person who can stop them. And that kind of annoyed me because I want Pokemon to be about me being a Pokemon trainer and becoming the best there ever was not save the world <laughs> uh, and this game was team school and more of a nuisance they're a bit more like team rocket in the first games they're just a nuisance that you want to get rid of but they're not particularly destroying the world or anything and so it made me feel more like a, you know uh, ash in the anime in those first seasons where you're just trying to be a really good pokemon trainer you're not trying to save the world or anything and so i really enjoyed that more focus on the pokemon training rather than the whole world collapsing or some stuff like that which has been a sort of repeated theme in the last few pokemon games i also interestingly played through this while listening to a podcast about it which was kind of cool uh, first time i've done this with a game because they, they sort of divided it up into chapters and then they'd get three of them would get together and discuss the chapter at the end of each one so i'd play through the chapter then listen to this podcast on the bus to school and stuff which yeah i really enjoyed it and it increased my enjoyment of the game and i think it's a testament for it that 
something like that could happen so for each chapter there was enough for them to talk about to make a podcast about it and it does cover a lot of interesting themes um like loss and sort of um how you treat your kids and how things you say to them have an effect more of an effect than you probably think it does cover some fairly heavy themes that you wouldn't think of from a pokemon game which but it's not overbearing in any way like it doesn't have to you don't have to pay attention as such to that stuff or if you're not too interested but yeah i thought that was cool um but my main the main thing i love about the game is that that i love the world of alola i think it's so bright and colorful and it's as bright and colorful as the pokemon in it there's good variety there's like four or five islands i can't remember how many probably a slight spoiler but the yeah they're all great there's great variety in the islands and i just loved the feet the sort of bright feel of everyone's dressed in like hawaiian shirts and all the characters are interesting and it's got one of the best professors for a while professor kakui i loved him i thought he was cool and yeah just a really really good pokemon game for me it's the best pokemon game since pokemon red that i've played um wow, i think it's some high praise i think it changes up just enough to make it feel fresh while keeping like all the good stuff and it still has flaws there's still some things that feel a bit antiquated about it and i wish they didn't have this sort of very complicated eev iv system to make your pokemon viable to play competitively online i wish there was just like two or three options that your pokemon could be and you just uh, so you don't have to go around catching hundreds of them and breeding and all that stuff that stuff doesn't really interest me and i just end up cheating uh, to make the pokemon <laughs> but <laughs> So that, that's the thing that I wish they would fix. But other than that, the story and stuff and the f- uh, one-player experience was really, really good. And yeah, I could go on, but I won't because I'm rambling and we're supposed to be speeding on. So I will move. Sorry. Just very quickly Dave. on that, I was. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was remarkable. I've not played in myself, but uh, I saw that Sun and Moon were the fastest ever selling Pokemon. Uh, Nintendo's fastest selling games ever, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah, they sold so uh, much. Eighty-five percent more than X and Y. Spe- uh, yeah, crazy. Fast isn't it? So I'm sure um, Go must have had an awful lot of influence on that. I'm not saying Absolutely, there's a lot yeah. of hardcore gamers already like yourself who were going yeah. to be playing it regardless. But I thought that was a remarkable fact. Yeah, especially considering I mean X and Y sold well. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, was yeah, a yeah, game absolutely. that sold very well. So when you get that kind of increase on that, it's pretty impressive. But yeah, yeah. it's just I think just because more casual gamers went out and got a 3ds and got Pokemon Sun and Moon because of Pokemon Go it kind of reminded them of it I suppose and then probably wanted to go back and try a more <laughs> standard Pokemon experience but anyway uh, enough Pokemon or is it <laughs> James Flux you're number four uh, well, well I certainly won't be discussing Pokemon so um, <laughs> so that is that is enough enough Pokemon for now uh, so my number four is Tom Clancy's The Division Ah, um, cool. I bought this for my brother for Christmas. <laughs> developed and published by Ubisoft and released in March this year. Um, the Division was a game that I was really excited about when it was first announced. I really liked the premise of the story of sort of uh, an America after a biological terrorist attack where the streets are empty um, as as New York has effectively turned against itself and hundreds of people have died or thousands of people have died and you're sent in as kind of the last hope to try and clear the streets um, and turn the city back round. Um, much like Destiny, it's a kind of cross between a MMO and a third-person shooter um, where you can team up with other people that are playing the game with you in real time. Just as you reach an objective, you can see them and team up with them 
um, or you can just brave it alone and just run past the other people. Um, there's this game I picked up and I was really excited to play and I played it and really enjoyed it whilst I played it and then for a variety of reasons that I can't even remember I put it down and effectively completely forgot about it and then I picked it back up recently as I saw it on my shelf I was like oh I never finished the division and it's really enjoyable it it's it's really well done in terms of the visual style is great the graphics are really really good um, the mechanics uh, make the game hard but enjoyably hard not so frustratingly hard that you're like oh I can't be bothered with this but certainly tough enough that it's a challenge going through if you're playing uh, single player um, the PvP element is is really well thought out where you go into a dark zone where you get much better kit but in order to get that kit out you have to extract it so that someone can effectively clear the uh, biological chemicals off it to make it fit for use and in doing so other players can attack you and steal your gear and you could do the same to them um, that can be frustrating but there are there are ways to obviously work it so that you get your gear out and have fun doing so um, I really enjoyed the division and again because I'm not near completing it I don't want to provide a full review but I really enjoyed the premise of this game the gameplay was really good um, and the kind of store the sub stories as you go into each of the missions um are really really interesting um so yeah i I really enjoyed it it's number four on my list. It might have been higher I think if I'd completed this I think it's possible that it it would have gone higher up um but as as it stands it's a it's a solid number four for me uh really really enjoyed it. I bet your brother will too cool <clears throat> yeah, I'm hoping he will so. But anyway, um, Dave, you're number four then. Great. Um, thank you very much. So my number four is one that I've not spoken about on the podcast before now. Um, it was first released back in August uh, with episode one, and it's the uh, Batman the Telltale series. Um, so this is a Telltale game, Um they most famously have produced um, Walking Dead and Game of Thrones uh, games before now, and it. But this one is uh, <coughs> set in Batman's universe. It's uh, adapted from the Batman comic book series, but it's a new story. Um, there are five episodes in the in the series so far. First one was released in August, and the last one was released um, in December. And that concludes the first series. Um, you take on the role of uh, Batman, uh, also known as Bruce Wayne, and it you follow a story where of a a, a young Batman um, before the Penguin has become the Penguin and before Two Face has become Two Face, um, as um, he sets out to. Um, fight the evil forces trying to bring down Gotham City classic Batman stuff it's uh, it's also classic Telltale stuff the game is um, very much story driven um, you perform a series of quick time events to proceed through the story although interestingly unlike um, a lot of games there's no real penalty from missing um, the quick time events but they do 
allow you to they do make you feel more involved in the stories that's being told so there's no there's no real punishment in the majority vast vast majority of cases for missing a quick time event it will continue the same linear progression although there are a couple of moments in it where um, you will get a game over but they are kind of boss fights at the end of at the end of um, at the end of episodes those kinds of things the game revolves a lot around choices that you can make so it will put to you options for um, conversation you you select uh, a response that Batman or Bruce Wayne will give to someone who's talking to you the uh, the response that you give may affect a decision that comes on later in the game who's going to be your ally who's not and then every now and again you get a, a completely binary choice that will affect the way the game ends for example at one point you are given the option of saving one character or saving a different character which uh, both of whom are very prominent characters in the Batman series. So you do get a proper uh, sense that you are making a, a, a decision that will impact the way that the game is experienced um, and makes it replay eminently replayable as well. The episodes aren't long. They only take kind of two or three hours, maybe maybe four hours to play through. And they are episodic in nature, as I say, so you can then, uh, um, there's a clear break there where you can put it down and pick it up some other time. The story is, is uh, I thought, was very, very well done. Uh, I found it very interesting, and the comic book uh, genre obviously lends itself very well to uh, the way Telltale produces games, and I thought that Batman was a great was a great one to use. There are a few there are a few downsides to the game. It's a little bit unstable. Uh, I had a couple of crashes in it, and at least one moment where um, the graphics seemed to fail completely, and I was looking at lots of planes of light um, moving across my screen rather than um, the game that I could hear going on behind it. Um, some of the voice work was I wasn't overly impressed with. Uh, there's been some criticism of um, Troy Baker who doing the voice of Batman. Interestingly, Troy Baker was the Joker in um, some of the uh, some of the Batman Arkham games um, after uh, some of the uh, Arkham Origins was the one I was thinking of. He's also Two-Face in Arkham Knight. Um, he was Batman in this. I, I didn't think he was that bad. I wasn't that impressed with um, Harvey Dent, however. Um, the, I, didn't, I just wasn't very convinced by his, the voice work there at all. But that, those are kind of minor points. Yeah, this, this is a very interesting game, very well adapted. Uh, a story that I found really interesting, one that can be picked up uh, and played through quite straightforwardly. doesn't require an awful lot of effort, but is interesting uh, and entertaining. And so that's my number four, Batman the Telltale series. Cool, interessant. I played um, the Walking Dead season one mm. this year, a Telltale game, which I I stopped playing after about three episodes. I think I was enjoying it, but I found it a bit. Obviously, that's a much older one, uh, a bit clanky, and <laughs> some yeah. of the stuff started to annoy me. But I don't know if that's that's of, it's about three, two or three years old. I think that game. So, so I think it's actually a PS3 game. I did. I didn't get. I started playing that and never really got into it. But I do know hmm. that they've released. Obviously, they've released a lot more since then that have done very well. But they did deliberately um, re-up the engine for this game. Um, cool. I've not played enough of the old Telltales to know if it's a noticeable difference. And like I said, there were a couple of glitchy moments, but it didn't feel especially yeah. clunky. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, I've heard good things about this game. Cool. Um, my number four, then, we'll speed things up. Um, my number four is Ratchet & Clank on the PS4, which is another game that came out this year. Um, this is an action platform where you play as Ratchet and his sidekick Clank going through a variety of weird sort of and wonderful worlds, uh, shooting enemies with tons of crazy weaponry. Um, I love this game. It's I reviewed it, I think, might have been last podcast. It wasn't particularly long ago. Um, it looks absolutely stunning. I think it's one of the best looking games on PS4 this year, definitely. I love the kind of cartoony style and the detail in all the worlds and everything kind of pops out as green. It's great. It controls really, really well. It feels unbelievably polished like there's never any frame rate drops or at least for me there wasn't never particularly any glitching just feels you know feels really really polished almost like a nintendo title and platforming is pretty smooth um, and i found the shooting really fun which is cool for someone who doesn't uh, isn't particularly great at shooters i loved the dialogue and the crazy characters that kind of inhabit the world um it is i think a remake of the first game but i think they've and the kind of cutscenes they've done it's really it's it's not a remaster, it's definitely a reimagining. Um, the cutscenes and everything were really great. And I think, like I mentioned in the actual review, the when it comes out of the cutscenes, <coughs> which are from the actual Ratchet and Clank film, um, it doesn't look <laughs> too much. You don't notice really a massive shift in the visuals when you go back to the actual game, which is pretty impressive. So that kind of shows you how great it looks. I just think it's. Yeah, I think it's a really great callback to classic action platformers of old, um, which I don't think they make enough of anymore. Like, I'm excited for uh, Project Ukulele coming out soon. It was just made by the guys who made Banjo-Kazooie from Rare. So I just don't, th- don't think there's many of those games around anymore. And this, Although this is much more of a shooter-based one, it's um, kind of from the same... <laughs> cut from the same cloth, in a way. And, yeah, I really enjoyed this game. So... That's all I have to say on Ratchet and Clank. But I don't know how well it's sold. It's available really cheap. Everyone should get it. It's like 15 quid. It was dropped to 20 quid pretty quickly. So I'm assuming it didn't sell bucket loads, although it was released at a cheaper price, I think. But yeah, everyone should go out and play it. It's really, really fun. Cool. So that's my number four, which means we're now around to uh, Mr. Flux, your number three. Uh, my number three is uh, Quantum Break. Uh-huh. Uh, developed and published by uh, Remedy, Enter- uh, Re- Remedy Entertainment and Microsoft Studios, respectively. Uh, this was an Xbox exclusive game released in 2016 um, and was also a new uh, intellectual property for 2016. Um, so not uh, the next in a sequence of uh, games, but a, a brand new standalone game. Um, I did a full review um, in the June 2016 podcast so if you want to if you want to hear some in-depth analysis uh, go back there but in short this was a game that I really really enjoyed it had some it had a really great story um, and it had some um, really interesting elements that kind of accompanied it so there was like a TV show that went along um, with the choices that you make in the game and so as you make your choices the uh, TV show would play those choices out with other characters that you don't get to play um, but that you can kind of interact with in some level in the game um, So that I'm, and I felt that worked really well and was really interesting um, the visuals were particularly impressive especially during the time fractures when time would stand still and you could move around whilst nothing else moved around you and you could kind of walk round objects that were frozen in space um, and it was they were very visually impressive um, the powers that you get um, to manipulate time were really fun 
um, and made you feel powerful without being so powerful that the game was just too easy. They did a really good job of balancing the powers that you get and the difficulty curve of the game as you progress. Um, basically, I just really enjoyed the story of Quantum Break and I played through it really, really quickly. Um, I refer you to the fact that it was out in April and I reviewed it as completed in June. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I would recommend anyone with an Xbox to get it. Unfortunately, it's Xbox exclusive, um, so sorry PS4 players. Um, but yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I'd recommend anyone with an Xbox to get it. It's a really great game. It kind of showcases the power of the Xbox visually, um, but also is a great game in and of itself. Very much enjoyed. Number three on my list. Cool. Yeah, I remember enjoying this when you reviewed it, so I was expecting it to appear somewhere on your list. Um, obviously, I'm assuming you haven't played it, Dave. Because you no, have I've not Xbox it, no, One. No. Neither do I. <laughs> um, Dave, you're number three then. Thank you very much. Um, so, we are moving now to a uh, one of the kind of what I've heard called as a triple I game. So, a kind of. Kind of <laughs> Uh, mixture of an indie and a triple A. Uh, it had a lot of expectation before its launch earlier in the year. Not that one. I'm thinking of Firewatch. Um, Firewatch, I can't remember when it came out now, but um, Firewatch came out in 2016 anyway, because I'm talking about it. Um, it's uh, a, uh, a rambler through um, the Shoshone National, uh, National Park. You take mm-hmm. on the role of a uh, fire warden sent to um, uh, protect this uh, natural park uh, by keeping an eye out for fires. Um, it's a, uh, a lonely job. You spend uh, most of the time by in the game, in fact, all the time in the game by yourself. Some of the time you're talking to a companion in another uh, watchtower in another part of the park, but for great parts of it, you're all by yourself. Um the game is absolutely gorgeous. Um, uses a mixture of um, kind of umbers and oranges and reds um, to convey the beauty of of um, of this national forest. Um, the game is very straightforward uh, in terms of its controls, uh, but has a very in-depth, touching story uh, about friendship and love and loss and often makes you think that the game is going to go in a, in a direction that it ultimately doesn't. And in that sense, it's very much about the kind of... Um, the fact that this is, this is set in, in life, not, um, not in the kind of world of most... not in the world of most video games. Um, so the storytelling was, was absolutely fantastic. Um, the game was wonderful. It had elements of uh drama and theater and and tension that were fantastic the, the you're kind of um the detect some of the detective moments were very well done um left you with a feeling of dread at lots of times almost a hitchcockian kind of sense of dread for great parts of it but was really touching and moving um i really really enjoyed this game 
So yeah, that was my number three, Firewatch. I know, Clive, you've played Firewatch recently. What did you think about it? I have played Firewatch recently. Um, if I was making a list purely of games came out in 2016, this would have been my number five. So this is the one that kind of got bumped off by the one which will come later, which is from okay. 2016. Um, yeah, yeah I, really, I really, really enjoyed Firewatch. I pretty much agree with everything you said. I was... Yeah, I, was, I, was, I didn't really know what to expect other than it looked beautiful and you walked through a park. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I kind of liked that going into it. And yeah, it took me to places I wasn't expecting and in, a, in a good way. I loved how, I loved how the place you were in wasn't um, huge. Like the actual map isn't massive, so you kind of got yeah. to know it. I, I like that about it. Like, yeah, you really got to know the place. Like when she, when you got asked to go to certain places, you quite often I didn't even have to look at the map. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's that that's that sort of grove over there or whatever. I'll go and walk over there. And it, it's kind of just like a hiking simulator, <laughs> but we, yeah, weirdly entertaining. And yeah, it's just I, I really really like the story. And I know there's I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's been quite a lot of criticism about the ending. But I I liked the ending. I thought it was good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was any... very well done. I, th- I, I, I think a lot of people's opinion of the ending were more that they expected it to be more than that. But I thought yeah, that absolutely. the way the story, the story that is being told is about, you know, the, it's, that, well, that's the point anyway, I think. And I, I enjoyed it for that. Yeah, same, same. It's, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it went, there's a couple of things which are a bit loophole and didn't make that much sense to me, but... Overall, I was really, really happy with the story, and I just thought the it's cool to sort of walk around and like this. They thought about the detail of the world and the things they'd left kind of lying around, and you discover these things. Mm. Um, and it's cool to discover. Like again, I can't go into things because of <laughs> spoilers, but you discover lots of cool stuff, which some of which isn't necessarily part of the actual story. They're just like a bonus thing that you might discover or might not, depending on your playthrough. Yeah, but, and I found those kind of things really cool, but. Uh, Above everything, it just looked absolutely stunning. I thought the art design on it and stuff was brilliant. Looked really, really good. And I thought the camera thing was kind of genius as well. As sort of little as it, I didn't think it was, it doesn't play really any part in the gameplay, but, or the story, but you can take pictures with a sort of Instagram y square camera. <laughs> and that for me made me appreciate some of the views a bit more because I took some uh, pictures and then, yeah. I thought that, yeah, really good game. I was really surprised by it. I got it in the sale and was expecting to like it, but not like it as much as I did. So yeah. I would definitely recommend Firewatch. It is quite short for a 15 quid game, so I'd, I'd recommend getting it in the sale, but I think you said that when you first reviewed it, didn't you, Dave? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I was I was looking forward to it a lot, so I, I picked it up when it first yeah. came out. But I'm sure it's one of those games that will... Um, it Probably at some point it will be one of the plus monthly games, perhaps. Yeah, I'd have thought like so. that. And I'm sure that you can get... I'm sure there'll be times when it's very, very cheap indeed. Yeah, um, I mean, I got it for, I think it was eight quid or something, which is well worth that, in yeah. my opinion, even if it's just four hours long or whatever. But yeah, Firewatch is really good. But uh, the next game on my list is um, another PS4 exclusive. It's Uncharted 4 uh, at my number three. Uh, I think we probably all know what this is about. Nathan Drake's back in a swashbuckling third-person action-adventure game where you climb stuff, solve puzzles, and shoot fools from cover. That's essentially the three things that you do. Um, I mentioned that Ratchet and Clank look gorgeous. This looks absolutely stunning. This, for me, is the best-looking game of 2016 on anything that I've played. I think the crazy locations are so beautifully detailed. Everything seems like it could actually exist because they've thought about every... (laughs) 
little corner and there's so many breathtaking vistas which I loved um, and especially shots at the start of new chapters when the sort of chapter writing comes on the start of the screen that stuff looked really cinematic and there's so many yeah beautiful views so visually absolutely stunning game also face, the facial animations come such a long way that I think this is the first time in a video game where I was watching it not thinking I was watching a vid not not going oh that facial animation's really good because it looked that real that <laughs> it had gone past uh, facial animation and felt like I was just watching a film to be honest uh, which is really good I think it finished up the Uncharted series perfectly with a great um, story and interesting new character in Sam Drake I do still think there's like a big disconnect between Nathan Drake portrayed in the story and the fact he literally murders hundreds of people on every mission um, which, some, <laughs> which some people some reviewers I've heard said oh they kind of cover that in the um, in the game but I don't think they did at least I don't remember I don't know how they'd cover that but, um, but I'll let it slide because you know video games um, other than that I think the story was really well done and there's some really touching moments in, in a game which doesn't always it's more about uh, characters bouncing off each other than having particularly emotional heft at least in the first three although there are some moments but this one certainly it was really interesting how they had you know Drake living at home and how he'd sort of retired from swashbuckling and all that kind of stuff was really well done it's Uncharted is one of my favourite gaming series ever and this is probably my favourite one of them I've been thinking about it everyone raves about 2 which is probably my second favourite but I also love I love 2 but I hated the end boss fight in 2 I thought it was really bad and I ended up um, having, like cheating my way through it because I thought it was that annoying um, this final boss fight was also not great in my opinion but not as bad <laughs> <laughs> and I just think overall this is a better game I think I was more intrigued in the overall premise of like the pirate story and stuff um, based on my love for the series I think people might have expected this to go further up but I made the decision purely because mo the most fun I had with it was probably not when I was playing it it was probably the story bits and the videos and the, the vistas when you just stood still and um, so probably not um, in terms of the gameplay there wasn't anything particularly fantastic I think you know the, there's, the climbing eventually gets a bit overdone I think the what is it the hookshot stuff is cool I think that's a good addition like swinging around on that I thought was fun and I've always thought there's a bit too much shooting and found the gun combat a bit clunk clunky but they've for me anyway I don't know how many people use this there's a few people on a podcast listening to that used it but um, there's an auto-aim feature, which I don't think has been there before. And I tried it, and I was like, this is actually great. <laughs> it felt more like I was Nathan Drake, because normally it feels like oh, I'm ducking behind something, and then I'm taking three hours to aim at someone. It's like, this is probably not what Nathan Drake will be doing. He's, like, <laughs> jumping over boulders really fast, and then suddenly he gets held up by one guy behind a... <laughs> one guy who's really crap at aiming. just didn't feel like didn't feel that immersive to me whereas if you get the auto aim you just like you just straight away pop them off from miles away and it feels more for me it felt more like what nathan drake would probably actually do and it felt more seamless and yeah made those action scenes less grindy obviously reduced the difficulty somewhat but to me that didn't hurt the experience at all because i think the difficulty of those shooting sections to me was just annoying and didn't add any it wasn't good challenge in previous games it was just a bit annoying um but yeah Overall, absolutely love this game. Like I say, it's my number three, so I loved it, despite some of its flaws, which is why it hasn't come further up. But, yeah, Uncharted 4, excellent game. I suspect it may appear on some other lists, so I'll uh, move on. <laughs> James Flux, your number two. Uh, my number two this year is a game that Clive actually originally reviewed, but that I am a huge fan of, and it's Overwatch. Ah, sweet. Uh, 
developed and published by Blizzard Entertainment, released in May this year. Um, like I said, Clive originally reviewed this in August, but I really, really enjoyed this game um, and was pleased to have this opportunity to talk about it. Um, Overwatch is a team-based multiplayer first-person shooter uh, where you're assigned to one of two teams facing off on a series of maps with a specific objective in mind for each map. So sometimes it's uh, capturing a point that is there to be captured by both teams and it's who can capture it and hold it for the longest. Sometimes it's uh, transporting an object across the map and trying to stop that object being transported across the map. Um, but in each case there's a specific objective. There isn't a team deathmatch style game um, in, in the normal modes. This game is really, really character based and there are loads of really cool characters. Um, each one's got different skills and abilities um, and fits into one of four distinct styles, um, either offensive that tend to be fast and deal a lot of damage but don't have much health, defensive which, which uh, are mainly focused on holding particular areas of the map, whether to create choke points to stop something travelling through them or to hold a particular objective area. Uh, tanks that have really, really high health um, and can kind of stop other um, enemies attacking them but tend to have some other fatal flaw whether that's weak attack power or not very good special moves or not very many shots um, and then support characters that tend to power up other characters or heal other characters uh, of their damage. Uh, my personal favourites are uh, Diva, a 19 year old Korean pop singer who gets in a giant robot suit, what's, what's more to say, uh, Torjborn a uh, 57-year-old Swedish weapons designer who can uh, put turrets over the map and improve them and help others by uh, throwing out armour. And one of the new characters, Sombra, um, who's a 30-year-old Mexican hacker who can prevent other people from using their special moves and also uh, turn invisible for a brief period of time. Uh, Blizzard have done a really, really great job on this game of keeping it fresh by including new maps and characters pretty regularly. Uh, Sombra, in fact, um, is a relatively new updated character um, and they also keep putting in uh, different weekly modes so it might be one where your characters are spawned randomly um, or it might be one where you're limited to offensive characters only or tanks only um, or there's some where they take out certain characters and so there's a much uh, more limited scope to choose from. Um, but they've done a really good job of kind of keeping it fresh and interesting so that every time you go on you, You're not like oh, it's just this map again where we're doing this again Oh, okay Well, I know which character I'm gonna be and I know what my tactics are They, they do a really good job of mixing it up and throwing new characters in there um, and also uh, Scaling their characters as well. They do quite a good job of when one character gets too popular or too powerful they quite often um, either weaken that character down or strengthen up some of the other characters so that you can take that character out more easily. Um, I really enjoyed Overwatch. It provided me with some quite nostalgic memories of when I used to play Team Fortress 2, a very similar game um, that's based around kind of teams uh, focused towards an objective with, with characters. But I personally think this, this game is much better. The characters here are much better and there's a sort of greater variety of characters and really your success kind of lives or dies on the formation of your team and how well you play together as a team. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I really enjoyed it so much. It's a fresh take on first person shooters. Most first person shooters now try and focus on making it as real as possible and it effectively revolves around who has the best fast switch motion and shoots first 
or who can find the best hiding place. Um, and this game in no way does either of those things. It's very much focused on what your character is and how you use them. And it doesn't sometimes, for example, it doesn't matter how many people you kill often, it because you might be one of the support characters that are healing others or helping others or doing something else. What matters is completing the objective. Um, and I I really enjoyed this. I thought it was a really really great team-based game. The visual style, whilst nothing to write home about in terms of amazing graphics is a cool cartoony style and certainly is impressive i really enjoyed playing uh king's row the london map over winter when they had the snow coming down and wreaths on the doors and stuff and it looked it looked really really amazing um and yeah basically i think this is a really really great addition to the first person shooter genre it's really enjoyable it's really fun it's accessible to everyone i would say no matter realistically no matter your age um because i would say it's not the deaths aren't particularly gory if you're of a reasonable age child i imagine you could get into this it's quite a cartoony style it's quite good um but it's also fun for the likes of me and clive pushing our 30s um <laughs> so i thought i'd get that dig in albeit on myself um yeah i really really enjoyed this it was absolutely brilliant i don't know if it's going to be on clive's list so i'm not going to ask um what he thought of it um but i certainly really really enjoyed it uh, well, my lips are sealed. Uh, Dave, what's your number two? Thank you very much. So um, my number two is a game that I've unfortunately not had a chance to speak about on the pod before today. Um, it came out at the towards the end of October of 2016. Um, it's one of the more highly reviewed, one of the better reviewed games of the year on a massive budget Um it is EA's Battlefield 1. Uh-huh. Um, Battlefield 1 is a first-person shooter set during the First World War uh, and like the rest of the Battlefield um, series, uh, mainly features large online um, multiplayer gaming. Um, it it as I say it's set in the First World War and for some reason and I got this myself and I don't know that I can th- properly explain why that kind of caused some controversy um, because the First World War for some reason holds a different kind of meaning in people's heads it kind of feels different from the Second World War for some reason people have been playing Call of Duties. Yeah, a medal of honors around World War Two for a long, long time. I remember playing Allied Assault and things like that when I was uh, when I was a kid on the on the PC and loving killing Nazis. Um, there was a much there's a much clearer, probably good and evil uh, story that has been applied to the Second World War. Whether that's you know whether when it comes down to individual men fighting in the field against other men that. You know that actually applies or not is up in the air, I suppose. But there's that, you know, the overarching um, good versus Nazism storyline that kind of that is uh, you can't apply to the First World War. Um, in a kind of nod to that, the developers have attempted to um, kind of demonstrate in some way that the game is. Um, aware of those kind of sensitivities and 
um, every cutscene, every loading screen kind of talks about the the talks about the horrors of the First World War in a way that is clearly not at all trying to glorify it, but trying to um, pay a little bit of a an element of respect to it whilst still fundamentally you're playing the role of a First World War soldier shooting other First World War soldiers. The game, however, once you get past that, and I think people have managed to get past that for every other type of shooter ever, so I don't know why it was an issue for this one. Um, the game is an awful lot of fun. I really, really enjoy this game. Um, it looks absolutely spectacular. The scenery... The, the maps are so well done. They are so um, atmospheric. They reek of um, authenticity almost. You, you can the, the maps move and change as the game progresses. You can destroy buildings and trenches with um, explosions. Um, when grenades land in the mud, they create a small crater that stays there for the rest of the game that you can use as cover. You can take out a sniper by blowing up the windmill that he's been sniping from the top of and that kind of change through a game particularly things like capture the flag type games where you can dramatically change the scenery that people are hiding in for your advantage or for their disadvantage um, is a, a really really great feature the weapons are really well balanced um, they aren't they obviously aren't quite as uh, they're not quite the same as ones that you find in other shooters uh, but that said they are clearly um, weapons that if they did exist in exactly this kind of form in the first world war were not prevalent in the kind of numbers that you find in this there are a lot more uh, everyone has access to fully automatic weapons and things like that which probably isn't entirely accurate but um this game isn't. It's not about trying to be entirely accurate. I would hope, um, because that would seem to be slightly disrespectful. <laughs> I suppose um, the uh, it's set across not just the not just across the trenches uh, on the on the Western Front, but also uh, other conflicts in the First World War. Some of which haven't garnered quite as much uh, attention as others. Um, including battles between the Austro-Hungarian Empire and Italy in the Alps uh, and uh, Britain uh, fighting the Ottoman Empire in um, uh, across uh, Egypt, uh, the Sinai Peninsula uh, uh, and Arabia, that kind of, that kind of area. Um, all of those different uh, maps and locations favour different... Um, different classes different fighting styles that said all the classes all the weapons they've done a really really good job of evening it out making it very competitive no one obviously has a weapon that um is defeating everyone else that can only be accessed at a high level there are some weapons that can only be accessed at a high level but they don't have noticeably more power than any others i'm sure it gives a sense of achievement to those people who are doing it but it means that you come in as a as a noob you have access to a weapon that is just as powerful as everyone else is on the field. They've done a really good job eliminating camping, all those kinds of things. So I think it's really accessible, uh, akin to the kind of developments that you saw in uh, Star Wars Battlefront, also made by EA, set in a different kind of genre. The, um, the squad working is really, really well done. There are great incentives to work as a squad, something that you don't find in Call of Duty to quite the same extent. 
with um, a balance between all the different classes, the support, the medic, the assault, uh, or the scout, um, working together for a common objective, someone giving orders, so you all work towards the same goal, you're all um, fighting with each other, flanking people, uh, and you can spawn on your squad mates so that you can spawn in the middle of the battle, you don't have to run across the field to get to, you know, provided that you're working with your squad. So I love all of that. Um, some of the uh, some of the behemoths are spectacular. There's a zeppelin that will fly in to support a losing team occasionally. When that is destroyed, it looks absolutely incredible as this thing bursts into flames and falls down onto the battlefield to then be used as cover by people. Or uh, it, it's in, it, yeah, a really really great game. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, an awful lot of fun. Uh, really entertaining. Really atmospheric uh, and really kind of at the apogee of what a multiplayer uh, online shooter should be for my money absolutely yeah really enjoyed battle um, battlefield one ah cool um i played this at a friend's um yeah it seems like a really solid solid shooter it's not my kind of shooter just because it's too realistic but <laughs> i did enjoy um made by the same people battlefront this year i played a little bit of that had quite a quite a lot of fun with that when i got it cheap um they definitely have the mechanics and stuff like that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, sure. yeah. It's definitely, but it's, it requires too much skill for me. So, and I'm crap. Um, my number two is uh, Geometry Wars Three Dimensions on the PS4. Now, this is also on Xbox One, I believe. And um, this is the one that's not from 2016. This is from 2014. I played this right at the start of the year and absolutely loved it. The extent where it's made my number two. Um, and I wanted to mention it as well, just because it's one that probably not many people have heard of. Um, it's a multi-directional shooter. You are in charge of like a highly manoeuvrable sort of spacecraft. But as the name suggests, Geometry Wars, it's more of a shape. Um, you play a top-down view and you're essentially shooting and avoiding shapes that are kind of flying at you. Um, as I said, multi-directional shooter. So the second stick, first stick moves your ship around and you can move pretty fast and the second stick um, shoots in whatever direction you hold that stick in. So you can shoot in any direction. You One of the interesting things it does is you have to collect, collect um, what are called geoms. So when you shoot an enemy shape, you like it'll release some geoms which you can then go and collect. And that will increase your score multiplier. So unless you do that, your score is not going to be particularly great. So you've always got to be diving into the places where you've shot um, lots of shapes, which means you're always diving into the action and you can't just sit on the periphery uh, blowing stuff up. Um, it's just some of the most fun I've had playing a game and completely different to Uncharted 3, uh, 4. It's got no story whatsoever this is purely enjoyable on its gameplay it's got loads of different modes it uses that mechanic that i've said and just makes loads of fun different modes out of it to keep it fresh and the sort of store adventure mode as it's called and um, which is essentially just loads of levels uh, on top of each other it mixes it up really nicely and it's never never gets stale you feel every time something new comes into the fray or it, it makes sure that you're not playing the same mode twice in a row and yeah, it's just really addictive to just kind of have one more go because every go only takes like one or two minutes. Um, it's a game that absorbed me like no other this year, really. When I'm playing it, I'm just thinking purely about the game and I can't concentrate on anything else whatsoever because it's that intense. Um, but I, I just absolutely love it. I think the music's really cool and it just creates this really awesome atmosphere with the sort of 
uh, techno music and really colourful, bright uh, neon sort of shapes that, that are flying around the screen. And yeah, just a really, really fun gaming experience that I had at the start of the year. It reminded me why why I love games. And it is mainly because, you know, I love gameplay that kind of absorbs me. And I think this game does it has that in spades to the extent where it just doesn't need a story or anything like that whatsoever. And yeah, so my number two, Geometry Wars Three Dimensions. Everyone should get it because it's probably pretty cheap by now. It's in the sale quite a lot. I think I got it for like three quid. Probably the best three quid I ever spent. Wow. <laughs> awesome, awesome game. <laughs> yeah. You say, um, you said you denigrated yourself at the end of my review about, um, uh, about not, uh, about, requiring, about, about Battlefield 1 requiring more skill. Um, I tried playing Geometry Wars and your recommendation and it absolutely blew my mind i could not keep up with it at all it was it was so fast-paced there was stuff going on everywhere it was lasers it was flashing it was absolutely mind-boggling i can i can see why it's an awful lot of fun if you're into it but my goodness i oh man it made me feel old <laughs> see that's my yeah i I've obviously yeah first person shooters i'm not very good at this kind of thing i probably am quite good at because i grew i grew up playing these kind of games i suppose but, yeah i can say i definitely reminded me of a game that i knew that i it, it reminded me of games that i used to play and played well and got in but i just can't i it's, it's a type of game that i've not played in so long and i don't know that i i, I couldn't get find my groove again and it, yeah it, which is <laughs> frustrating maybe more frustrating than if it was an entirely new type of gameplay that i'd not come across before because yeah, i remember I that I, when i was a kid i was awesome mate. or i felt like i was anyway <laughs> maybe i wasn't but who knows <laughs> it's definitely that kind of old school difficulty level it gets pretty difficult although it has like you get you get you can get to the next stage just by getting one star of the three which uh, means you don't have to, and that's what i tend to do i'm not the kind of person who goes around three starring stuff because i don't really care i'd rather yeah. just get through it and have fun but yeah i'd just had so much fun with this game that I think it deserves to be on my my number two. Um, which means we're now around to number ones. Dun, dun, dun. James Flux, do you want to give us your number one? Uh, so my number one, um, it's, a, it's managed to make the best of 2016 for me. Um, because although initially released on some platforms in 2015... It was released for the Xbox One in 2016, and therefore that was the first opportunity I had to get it and play it. Um, so I've considered it a 2016 release, as it was released to me in 2016. Um, <laughs> developed and published by Psionics, it's Rocket League. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, this was originally Correct. reviewed by Dave, I think, in last year's Top 5. I yeah. Couldn't fi- I, yeah, I, I couldn't so. find... I was trying to find it on the lists... Um, and I couldn't, so I assume it was in last year's top five. <coughs> it, um, it will have been, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a simple concept where you take control of rocket-powered cars to play football. Um, I think that's probably the best way to describe Rocket League. Absolutely. Um, however, within its simplicity is its uh, fun and the fact it is more addictive than crack. Um, this is <laughs> this is a hugely addictive game. It's super fun. You can sit and play it, even though the rounds are only five minutes. You could sit and play it for hours and hours and hours. I keep coming back to it. it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Every so often, I'm like, oh, I haven't played Rocket League in a while. Yeah, let's break that out. Um, it has definitely been responsible for some of my best gaming moments of 2016, playing with friends uh, online or 
here in Casa de Flux. Um, <laughs> uh, including with Dave, we've we've played a couple of games together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super super fun. Um, I really really enjoy the new Rumble mode that they've brought out, where on top of the kind of standard mechanics of playing football, you're given um, sort of uh, I suppose weapons. Uh, you're given certain abilities that you can use either on the ball or other players to move them out of the way or stop the ball in motion um, or take a really powerful shot in a, in one direction. Um, I'm really enjoying that that feature. Um, the problem is there isn't much to say about this game because its concept is so simple, but it's equally so well executed that it just keeps you coming back and back and back. It's super fun. Um, everyone I know that's played it has either highly, highly recommended it or enjoyed it massively. I've not met anyone who's gone, oh no, I played Rocket League but I couldn't get into it. Or I played Rocket League but I didn't really enjoy it. Everyone I know that's played it absolutely loved it. Um, and yeah, it's my number one game of 2016. Massively enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I played this game for the first time this year as well and it would have made, definitely made my top ten. Didn't quite make my top five but I really I had a good time with Rocket League. But similar to Dave with Geometry Wars, I just couldn't get any good at it. <laughs> uh, which and, and then eventually meant I didn't end up playing it that much but um, yeah I think I would have probably enjoyed it more if I'd played more with people I know and stuff online but I just I it was, it's a really fun game I just couldn't get it seemed to me the more I played I didn't, wasn't getting any better <laughs> and it got frustrating eventually but yeah I, I definitely had tons of fun with it and it's such a really simple concept done really really well and I'm glad it's done so well so. yeah I was looking through um I was trying to find inspiration for this list and um, saw Rocket League in a, someone's list of best games in 2016. I got very excited about putting it on my own and then realised that I'd been playing it for longer than that. But it um, it doesn't feel like it at all. It feels still so fresh and new. And um, it's one of... I've only, there may be two games on my PlayStation that, I've, that I keep on coming back to. Um, and this is one of them. And it's, yeah, it's so much fun. It is so addictive it's endlessly entertaining um yeah such a such a beautiful beautifully simple concept yeah absolutely enjoyed yeah stunning game really enjoyed it sweet as right dave your number one cool right so um my number one uh has already been mentioned today uh it's the final Instalment of a long-running franchise that has gripped the PlayStation world um, <laughs> for years and years. It's um, Uncharted 4 A Thief's End. Um, this game, I Al spoke about it earlier in the year, as well as Clive just talking about it now. Um, I made some very ill-advised comment about the way that it was probably going to look, uh, and I was really very wrong. Uh, this game is perhaps the most beautiful I've ever seen on PlayStation. It is stunning. Um, the depth of scenery, the um, yeah, the the animation of the characters, the the way um, the way everything moves. There were the mission when you are in a jeep um, driving across these mud flats it was absolutely mind-blowing spectacularly well done um the 
the ending is you say, the kind of the final boss fight Clive as you say yeah I got a bit annoyed by that it didn't really fit with necessarily fit with everything else I hate a arbitrarily hard boss fight against another human being when you've just yeah I would have loved it if it didn't have one <laughs> mushed, you've just mushed up 500 people with machine guns to get to this point and then here is <laughs> here's a pretty geeky guy who's now absolutely kicking your ass it doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really hold together but um that said, to put that to one side, the story is was, was very well done. It it um, meant a lot. Uh, it followed on from the from the others really well. The 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 ending ending was I I found really well done. Um, it's an interesting kind of take on uh, kind of shooter protagonists' lives almost. No, it absolutely doesn't reconcile the fact that he's killed literally thousands of people um he's kind of a yeah the fact that he can sit at home and play crash bandicoot doesn't really fit with his pole potty and kind of manner when he's going, <laughs> when he's exploring the rest of the world um uh, that said my god it was so much fun mm-hmm. um you kept on wanting to play i kept on wanting to find out more the puzzles were interesting the game mecha- the shooting mechanics I really enjoyed. I thought there were just the right balance. Um, the The story was superbly scripted, had me hooked. I wanted to know more, uh, and it was absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, so Uncharted 4 is definitely my number one for 2016. Choice. I was expecting this might uh, be high up for you. Cool. Yeah, Uncharted 4 is excellent, definitely. Is it your? Have you played all the other ones, Dave? Yeah, I have. Is I, it your to be honest, my of the four. Yeah, it is my favorite of the four. I think cool. it's, I know it's it's totally boring, but my four would go in order. To be honest, uh-huh. um, right. I re- I really really enjoyed three. Um, yeah, I think three is underrated. Two is two is very good. I, like really really good. I played after I got four. I went and bought the Nathan Drake collection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the remastered versions for PS4. Yeah. I haven't got a fucking clue what they were thinking with lot large parts of number one. I didn't I didn't remember it being quite so so <laughs> so sci-fi in parts. It was very odd. Um and I'm glad that they uh they kind of straightened that out. But um three uh, two has a very good story. Three has the kind of the way you play the game down better. I th- you know, it's Mm-hmm. It's I, I can't really pick between two and three. It would be difficult. And four, I think four is the best. Maybe yeah, because it's the one that I've played last. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It it's hard to compare when it's not like comparing films. When broadly speaking, there was there are technological developments. You can make yeah. a film in exactly the same way they made a film in 1950. You could do that today, and <laughs> yeah, you can't. Exactly. Do, you can't do that with computer games, can you? You can't. No. Developers couldn't make a game the way they made it 20 years ago, they wouldn't have the hardware available to them to do it. And, you know, so it's hard. Yeah. Especially a game like this where it's focused on sort of looking pretty realistic and stuff. I think when you step back, it's always going to be a bit jarring. (laughs) Whereas a more cartoony type game, that's probably less of it, less, less the case. Um, Cool. Uh, Which means it's round to me. My number one has already been mentioned. People may have predicted it. Um, it was very tough for me to decide between my number one and two because they're both the type, if I just want to sit down and have fun for half an hour on a computer game and not really care about a story, um, they're the two I go to, Geometry Wars and my number one choice, Overwatch, that uh, Flux has already mentioned. Uh, so I'm not going to 
go into it massively because uh, Flux has already talked about it and mentioned pretty much everything. I pretty much agree with everything Flux has said, to be honest. Although I have different favourite characters, probably because I'm less of a first-person shooter person. Um, yeah, it's a hero shooter. I've loved that. The main thing I like about it is the characters and the choice of characters and the fact that it always makes you feel good at the end of a map, at the end of a game. Most first-person shooters, I feel crap at the end because I'm always pretty much in the bottom three <laughs> of the kill-death ratio. Uh, and it just like, eventually you just get fed up of being in the bottom three of the kill-death ratio and you just feel crap about yourself and stop playing it. Um, whereas Overwatch, you can choose support characters and then you can be just healing your team or making sure they get to the objective faster or helping your team in that way. And at the end, you get medals for you've done the most healing and stuff like that and you feel good about your game. Um, which is what I loved and that's what the characters I played the most because I really enjoyed feeling like a crucial part of the team in the support character and everyone's kind of trying to stay within range. Lucy is the one I played the most who kind of heals within a certain range. So you try and you kind of you can speed everyone up, get to the objective and then when you're at the objective you're this sort of health, uh, (laughs) giving out health and everyone's trying to stay near you so that you're giving out health and you try and make out, try and strategically position yourself so that you don't get shot but... uh, other people can still get get the health that you uh, give out within a certain range and that kind of stuff. And just thinking about a shooter differently really uh, made it interesting for me and not just going in there to try and get the most the best kill-death ratio uh, <laughs> made yeah made it a real fun game for me. That said, I still enjoyed some of the more killy characters like Farrah, who uh, has like a, this jetpack and kind of hovers high in the air and can rain down rockets from above. Just all the ones that kind of really twisted up the idea of just being a soldier who runs around and shoots and had something else to their game that they could do that was interesting i thought there's some really cool characters stuff like junkrat where normally he would have a weapon where normally you get like you know you've got five grenades in your grenade launcher and then that's it you've got to go back to your machine gun junkrat can just unlimited throw out grenades everywhere and that's so fun (laughs) and just blow shit up constantly and but you're playing him in a way almost Sometimes just to, you're just trying to make a wall of grenades to stop people going somewhere rather than necessarily blowing them up. <laughs> but yeah, I just all the different ways you can play the game. And it's a little bit like Super Smash Brothers. I find it fascinating because it's a game that you just get, you could get hours and hours because like if you've got bored, it's just like, oh, well, just try a new character and then it's a completely different game. Um, like in Smash Brothers, they all have different abilities. And it, it, same in this, like they, I only know three or four of the characters particularly well and even those I'm not great at but because I've probably only put like 10 or so hours into the game but they've been some of the best 10 hours of gaming I've had in 2016 and yeah I just love the different abilities and getting to know the characters and I always watch one YouTube video first to see what skills they've got and then get in there and try and try and be good with them and then some of them just don't click at all (laughs) and others you have real good fun with so yeah, awesome. And I, like Flux said, love the cartoony sort of aesthetic. And I like the fact that some people, I think a sort of campaign would have been cool, but I don't think it's needed. I feel quite fine with that one. And I quite like the characters not really having too much of a backstory or anything and just having these. I think they have enough personality without needing a backstory, which is a testament to the characters' design and stuff. So, yeah, Overwatch is an awesome shooting game that I'll probably be playing for a lot of time. It's similar to, in for me, to Splatoon in that I can pick up, play it, have a whale of a time, even though it's more, more of a straightforward forward shooter than Splatoon. 
So yeah, so so happy with Overwatch and came completely out of the blue for me. Like I had no idea about it. I just thought it was going to be one of those shooters I was not interested in, but <laughs> that was not the case. So yeah, number one, Overwatch. Buy it. I've seen it cheapish recently. Now and again, it drops to like twenty five. God, I, th- I feel I worry that I've got too much going on. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I was worried that I kind of missed it the first time round when it first came yeah. out, and then I'm a little bit worried about ones that rely so much on online play buying them uh, cheap months later. You know, okay. about whether I'd be too far behind the curve, whether there wouldn't be enough people still playing it, that kind of thing. I think uh, I this would, one. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about that for two reasons. Number one, unlike really likes of Battlefield and stuff like that. There isn't a level up progression where, but like people will get better than you because they've had more practice than you. But it's not like they'll have better weapons or anything like that, like they would on yeah. a Call of Duty, where you'd come in, you'd be like, oh, okay, they've all got the best gun on the game, and I'm stuck with the worst gun on the game. Uh, <laughs> everyone is the same all of the time. There is no progression in that sense beyond getting better with the character you've chosen, which I love. Um, <laughs> and then two, I haven't noticed any drop off in terms of. It taking longer to find maps or anything like that. There, there seems to be exactly the same amount of players on yeah. now as there was when I first got it. And it's just it's accessible mm. anyway. It's like a, a game that yeah you'll find some you'll find someone you're pretty good at to start with, and then that'll get you in. And then I'd say if I can get into it, me being pretty crap at first person shooters, I think anyone who's probably played more of them will be uh, <laughs> will be able to get into it and have have a good time. Oh, man, I'm so yeah, definitely get, get it. Then. Yeah, yeah, get it. We should do a yeah. team together. I don't know if we, oh, well, you've got a PS4 now, Flux, haven't you? So we could. I have, and I have got Overwatch for the PS4. Oh, uh, cool. Let's get it on was, it. I, I, sw- I, sw- I had to swap it over because I had it, I had it for the Xbox, and then I was like, now I've got a PS4, <laughs> and I know a couple of people that have it on the PS4. I'm definitely going to want it on the PS4, so I took it to CEX and swapped it over, and I think it was like a two quid or something to do it. So I was like. Obviously, going to oh, do that. Worth it, yeah. Um, yeah, the the only I think one of the few negatives I've got to say about Overwatch is that I haven't been able to get on with you like, at the same time yet. This is a letdown. No, that's mainly my fault because I'm crap at knowing when I'm going to be playing. It's always usually an impulse thing because <laughs> of my ridiculous busyness at the minute. But next time I have a half term, we should definitely organise oh, a session. August, even if August, get inside, close the curtains. Yeah. <laughs> We should just organise a day where we play some online games. That that would be uh, cool. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We could chuck Rocket League onto that list. Yeah, exactly. We could, we're just oh, loads of games. Yeah. We could have a fun time playing, I think. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Cool, we should do that. Right, so Actually, now with yeah, our 20... 20- si- sorry, just very quick, because that gets yeah, me yeah, onto yeah, a, a point that was made to me of Christmas, was um, I have a friend who doesn't live in this country at the moment. He's got a job uh, elsewhere. Uh, I won't... I don't know if he wants me to... I won't mention his name or anything or to, to say too much about the story, But because um, I've not spoken to him beforehand. But uh, he made a point over Christmas that kind of touched me a little bit, was um, online gaming kind of has this bit of a reputation. And I used to ha- I used to think it as well before uh, of kind of just 13-year-old boys shouting and swearing at each other <laughs> uh, and calling everyone faggots. And uh, actually... I found that some of the most fun that I've had on computer games this year, and it definitely this year has been the year when I've got into online gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember I had, last year you weren't particularly into it. For, no, it not you at off all. A few and, games, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, mainly that was all because of uh, Wi-Fi availability and really boring technical <laughs> points like that. 
Um, yeah. And this year, I have definitely, definitely got into it in a, such a big way. And I have been playing uh, Battlefield 1, and before that, Battlefront to a smaller extent, but Battlefield 1 particularly, we've mm-hmm. been making appointments to play. Uh, I've been playing with people that I don't get to see all the time, or get to see very rarely because they live in other parts of the world or other parts of this country. And um, to the chat you have between loading screens and just whilst you're playing together is so much fun. Um, and I think that the the for me, I've always been into, I've always loved video games, but this year the social feeling of playing video games has really, really come on in a way that I haven't really felt since we were all together in halls, for example, and we could yeah. just drop in on each other all the time. Or when I used to go to sleepovers and things when I was even even smaller, the I've, the, um, the effort that big or that big. Uh, system developers, whatever the word is I'm looking for, developers have um, put into making massive online games more easily accessible to people so that people who are at different levels but friends can go and have a competitive game together, I think is a, a, a credit to the industry. I think it's really come, along, come on in the last couple of years, leaps and bounds. Definitely, yeah. I, I'm, I was the same, Dave. Like, I probably came into it a year before you with a, like Splatoon and Mario Kart Online. But before that, I was like, oh god, I don't want to play. <laughs> but um, it really brought back like my best game memories are playing in halls and playing against my dad as a kid on uh, the N64 in multiplayer, and yeah. it got me the closest to that being able to play Mario Kart Online against other people, even though there weren't people I knew. I was like able to play Mario Kart against actual people and it was awesome fun <laughs> yeah and even yeah and the fact you can speak to people is it's never as good as having them in the actual room but it's such a good second place <laughs> that yeah. didn't really exist before uh, and for us now you know getting uh, nostalgic and that about being in halls and having we've now got jobs and sometimes you know live far apart and stuff and yeah i think it's a really good way for people to rather than just having a Skype conversation. A bit like this, you know, the reason I started the podcast was to be able to speak to you guys more. And it is, it's another another uh, media that helps that. Yeah, <laughs> Which is absolutely. cool. Yeah. So we should definitely do it more. The, the thing is, yeah, you do, you do need to make an appointment, isn't it? And that's why it requires a bit of organisation. Yes. Which yeah. we need to do. But uh, Come on, guys, let's, let's hug one it thing, out. Let's hug one it out. Thing that, yeah. <laughs> one, thing that, one thing that it does do more than say uh like a skype call or something like that when you might arrange it is that it takes all the pressure off what it is you you know there's no a natural conversation just flows from the shared experience yeah, exactly. that you're enjoying and that yeah. kind of thing it's it's yeah it's brilliant cool right i thought just before we've not it's one and a half so we're rolling on but i thought quickly we could go through if if we're looking anything looking forward to anything particularly in 2017 on the gaming scene uh flux do you want to start we'll keep to our traditional order <laughs> um yeah i mean scorpio's out uh project scorpio the new xbox console is scheduled to be out in holiday 2017 cool at this stage we don't have enough detail about it for me to know whether i'm gonna get it or not i feel like i'm probably not straight at release partly because i've just got the ps4 and that there's that as far as i'm aware there's no big ps4 new console out on the horizon and, and also the talk about Scorpio overlapping with the Xbox One and Xbox One S and being able to play games between <coughs> them suggests that I'm probably not going to need to go out and buy it straight away. Yeah. I won't be missing. I won't be missing out on anything if I don't. So, but we will see. I might 
get to if once more details are out there, I might get deliriously excited and go and get <laughs> it anyway. Um, uh, in terms of the other, something I'm not excited for for 2017 because it's already happened, but it's big big news for me is they finally finally after it was they said they were bringing it out since backwards compatibility came out they said oh yeah this is one of the games has been voted for it's definitely coming but the bioshock series has just just come out on backwards compatibility um probably it's between that and arkham as to my favorite game series of all time um so i've i've already about halfway through bioshock one um i absolutely love bioshock it's so good so if you like me were a fan and have kept your games get on the old Xbox One backwards compatibility, get them installed, get out there. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be getting a PS4 Pro because, yeah, I'm not bothered about having slightly better graphics for 300 quid or whatever, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can understand some uh, the appeal of some people doing that. Uh, Dave, are you looking forward to anything in particular? Yeah, for sure. Um, one game that was noticeably absent from all our top fives this time round was No Man's Sky um, <laughs> which was so anticipated and I think I called it I think I called it would be disappointing yeah um, you definitely said that yeah. I probably have... not as disappointing as it ended up being. no Pro- yeah. well yeah maybe who knows um, so I don't want to get my hopes up too much that said uh, I've definitely got my hopes up too much for a whole bunch of things. Um, so there's uh, 29 I'm really looking forward to. That's uh, it's only com- it's coming out on the PC, so I'm not sure how I get around to playing it, but um, I might try. Um, set within a, a flat, and it's um, follows the lives of a bunch of people as they're preparing to move out. But it's like story driven, looks beautiful. Um, Cuphead, my God, have have you seen the trailers for Cuphead? Yes, that does look really cool. Is that finally coming out? It uh, yeah comes out in supposed to come out in mid twenty seventeen. Be Xbox One, unfortunately. So I might have and PC. So I might have to go. I don't again. Don't know how I'm going to get my way to playing it, but I'm going to try. Based on nineteen thirties American animation um, side scrolling shooter, um, and it is based on 1930s American animation is such a miss it's it looks absolutely like a 1930s Mickey Mouse cartoon it is absolutely <laughs> gorgeous how no one has thought of doing this before is mind-blowing because it's such a good idea um what else was there there was um home free looks pretty cool uh, an open world dog survival sim where you play as a stray dog that tries to survive in a big city um there was also uh, there was one more oh Sea of Thieves oh that uh, does look cool yeah Xbox again at the moment um, don't know if it'll ever come to PlayStation 4 but I loved uh, Assassin's Creed Pirates can't remember what it was called um, <laughs> the one where you were a pirate um, and Black you spent- Flag Black Flag, that's it. And um, you spent a lot, long time, large parts of it, just sailing the seven seas on your on your sailing ship. Um, this game sees you taking control of a uh, a ship with teammates, pirate ship with teammates, navigating the high seas and getting into battles with other pirate ships. That'll be very, very cool. Uh, and then, of course, the big one for me is um, Red Dead Redemption Two. I can't wait for that. I absolutely loved the first Red Dead. It had so many things in it that I can't believe other games haven't taken on board. Um, so many useful... like look, Just running around on a horse was epic. 
the vistas, the scenery, the story was gripping, the bullet time feature, well done. Um, it was, yeah, such a good game. Um, this is this is the one that could potentially uh, disappoint me just because it's the one I'm looking forward to yeah. so hard. But, um, you know, Rockstar haven't let me down yet, really, so... Probably unlikely to disappoint. Yeah, yeah I'm I excited so. for that, definitely. Um, yeah, it should, should be a good year. For me, Switch is coming out, which I'll be buying. Maybe not necessarily at launch, but I'm expecting... Well, there's a Zelda game coming out and a 3D Mario, two of my favourite series as such of all time. So if they don't make it into my top five, they'll have to be pretty disappointing. Uh, so that's definitely the highlight for me coming up this year. But I'm also very excited about Red Dead. But I suspect it will be a yeah, year of Nintendo for me as long as they don't drop the uh, drop the ball. There should be lots of good stuff coming out, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I'll wait. Like, sorry. Go, go on, Dave. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I've, I, uh, I'm looking forward to Switch as well. I didn't want to say it then because I knew I'd totally be stealing your thunder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hardcore Nintendo expert by any means I didn't bother getting a Wii U I, I've not I've not got any of the handhelds but um, the, if the, the Switch looks um, like it will be a great addition to uh, a, a AAA console like a PS4 or an Xbox One the way it's been the way it's been done and the price point doesn't seem uh, as bad as lots of people seem to be making out it is for my money uh, for my you know uh that was a poor choice of phrase, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's not going to stay at that price forever. And you know, none of these kind of things ever do. No, um, and its launch prices are always high, and I think for a launch price, it's pretty low, really. And yeah, absolutely. So I, you know, by Christmas of twenty seventeen, it will be two hundred quid, won't it? Probably, quite possibly. Um, yeah. And then. Yeah, there are, of course, there are an awful lot of people who won't be able to afford that, and my heart, you know, goes out to those guys. But like, it's um, for a kind of a complement to another gaming system. I think it it looks like it could be onto a, a winner. It looks like there's enough new uh, new additionality to it, and the ability to play socially again yeah. in the kind of way that the original Wii managed if it can pull that off then I think they're onto a bit of a hit Deaths. and I think it's a good call to bring back um, like just slightly upgraded versions of uh, the Wii U games to pad out the lineup a bit because not a lot of people played them and I think there's some really good ones like I think Mario Kart 8 is just a brilliant Mario Kart and I think even if you just upgrade it a bit and, up, and release it on the Switch that's fine because not enough people played it and I don't know if you could really make a Mario Kart that much better anyway so just release it put some new tracks on it um, yeah sell it and then hopefully we'll get more people playing online and hopefully we can play some Mario Kart together that would be cool maybe and I want the sticker and also the thing I like about what looks good about it is the fact that I'm probably going to be able to carry the whole thing around pretty easily so just bringing it to people's houses and having some four player fun would be cool or like next time we have a stick around live event taking it with me <laughs> stuff like that will be useful whereas the Wii U is pretty much pain in the ass mainly because of its ridiculous amount of different controllers <laughs> which is probably going to be less of an issue so that'll be good so yeah super excited about that I think it's going to be a good year excited when's Last of Us 2 out is that 2018 uh, they haven't said yet okay, um, just said coming which, soon which, which almost certainly means yeah. 2018 <laughs> 
There's um, there is going to be also uh, an uncharted a balls oh, a, a DLC spin-off. Yeah. A, uh, is it DLC or is it standalone? The Lost Legacy, that's it. I think um, it's DLC, but I could be wrong. Oh, okay. I thought it was a kind of spin-off, but fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so Uncharted, The Lost Legacy is what I was thinking of. Um, and it kind of sees you playing as um, some of the um, other characters. You see the other characters from the, from the Uncharted series. Yeah, that'll be cool. Awesome, right? I think we'll uh, wrap it up there. Yeah, and we'll do a quick plug time. Follow us on at Stickaroundcast on Twitter, Stickaroundpodcast on Facebook, uh, Stickaroundpodcast on Instagram. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stickaroundpodcast at gmail dot com. If you want to send us an email, we'll answer your questions. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, Patreon. I think it's Stick Around on Patreon uh, slash yep. Stick Around. Uh, if you want to donate us some money to help us keep the lights on, costs us eight, about eight quid to hosting a month. So if we could get that covered, that would be awesome. Um, I think that is it. Or have I forgotten anything? And don't forget to follow us. Yes. If you're not following us, you're just listening to us. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. Tell, subscribe tell on the old... On whatever app you've got us on, subscribe. Give us five-star reviews on iTunes. They apparently bump us up and make us more discoverable. Not sure how that works, but do it. <laughs> we always appreciate five-star reviews. And, yeah, most of all, just keep listening. Thanks for listening. Sorry, the content has been a bit more uh, infrequent recently. But I'm going to try and, I'm gonna try and dedicate, an ed- dedicate an editing slot uh, during the week so that I try and get it done more week- on a more weekly basis. But times are pretty busy at the minute. Uh, yeah, cool. So thanks for uh, coming along, Dave. It's been excellent to have you. Thank you for having me. And uh, same for you, Flux. I hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you very much, mate. I will. Happy New Year to all the listeners as well. Yes, Happy New Year. Yeah, this is our first yeah, podcast of the belated. New Year, isn't it? Happy New Year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there will be one coming out in the New Year before, which we recorded about two months ago, a music one, which will be the last one you've heard. <laughs> but uh, this one is the first one we've recorded in the New Year. So, Happy New Year from Stick Around. Stick Around. Stick Around. Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around